Hello and shalom. Welcome to this episode of Image Bearers Radio. I'm your host, Joe Amon. We got a great show ahead, so buckle up and hang on. Here we go. Well, shalom, shalom, everybody. Hey, welcome to this episode of Image Bearers Radio. I am your host, Joe Amon, pastor at Out of Ashes Ministries in DeRitter, Louisiana. And I hope you are having an absolutely marvelous week, and I hope things are going well for you. Hey, before we jump into this week's episode, which I'm really excited about, got some uh, special guests, some special friends uh, that I want you to hear from. But before we get into that, I want to make a special announcement and let you guys know what we have coming up. So OAM is really blessed and really fortunate to have a wonderful online community as a part of our uh, our fellowship. And many of you Image Bearers radio listeners, uh, I know that you join us for our Shabbat morning, uh, Shabbat fellowship uh, each Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Central. And uh, you consider yourself a part of OAM, a part of Out of Ashes Ministries. And, and we are so, so fortunate for that. And I believe that in this moment in time, it's really important that we develop community even further than, than we have done in the past. And so we are really, we've something we've wanted to do for such a long time. We are really excited. Uh, January 14th, 15th, and 16th, which is the third weekend in January 2022, we are sending out a special invitation to all of our online family, and we want you to make plans to come in, to travel to Southwest Louisiana, to be with OAM, your local OAM family, that weekend. You guys are such an incredible part of OAM, more than you even realize. Uh, You support us through prayer. You support us financially. You support uh, just by being in attendance, uh, you know, online, whenever we live stream. You've been patient with our growth pains and our ups and downs, our technological issues, our internet (laughs) issues, and you guys have stuck by, and, and you're such an integral part of this ministry. And so, uh, we want to host you. We want to take care of you for a weekend. We want to enjoy you. We want to get to meet you, hug your neck, hear you, hear your voice, uh, look at you in the eyeballs, you know, when we talk. And so we have a, a very special weekend planned. Uh, our great friend, uh, tour guide and voice of Judah to, to Ephraim, Hanok Young, is going to be coming all the way from Moda'in, Israel. This is Hanok's first visit to the States in over a year and a half due to uh, COVID. And Hanok is coming in for that weekend. And so we're going to, we, we want to just host you guys. We want you to come in, travel in. I know travel is weird right now and, and tough. And I know many of you may not be able to swing it, but hopefully we're letting you know ahead of time enough where you can make plans to come and be with us. Uh, we're going to start on Friday evening and have an Arev Shabbat uh, meal together uh, and no teaching, just a meal together with family with blessings and, and, and on all of the, all the, the traditional 
a Rev Shabbat. Uh, and then Saturday, we're going to do our normal 10 o'clock service, uh, and then we'll have Oneg together, and then a couple sessions in the afternoon. We'll end with Havdalah, uh, Saturday evening, Shabbat evening. And then Sunday, we'll have like a grab-and-go breakfast, and then we'll have a couple of sessions uh, Sunday morning, and then we'll end around lunchtime. And uh, so we'll, Hanok will be speaking, he and I will be speaking together, we'll have some Q&A time. Uh, and so I invite you to come. Hanok's uh, message and his heartbeat is to tell you what's going on in the land of Israel and to, to connect the lovers of Israel to the land, to Judah, and, uh, and to build one big family. And so I really do hope and pray that you make an effort uh, to, to travel in. Uh, more details will be coming. If you have any questions, please do email us, direct message us, whatever's easiest for you. Um, but we are so excited about this weekend and can't wait to meet you and to host you and love on you and just to extend our relationships and our family. So more details will be coming. And now let's get into the episode. everybody. So I am so excited for today's show, uh, a couple that I value and cherish more than they know, and uh, that I want to introduce you guys to, our listening audience, and get you to know who they are, what they're doing. They're doing some really unique stuff uh, for Hashem and for the kingdom. And so without too much waffling and without any further ado, I want to introduce to you the abbot and abbess of Anamkara Monastery, Patrician Monastery in the Pacific Northwest from Washington State, Clint and Kiva Dunn. Hey guys, how are you? Hello. I am super excited to have you guys on. We've been trying to do this for a while, and with our schedule and your schedule and everybody, everything's all up in the air, um, but I'm so glad we get to do this today. And so um, we met uh, in 2019 at the Lost World Conference. Is that correct? Yeah. In I'm going to say this wrong, Puyallup, Washington. You did, you did really good. Puyallup. Did I get close? Okay. Um, listen, when you guys come down here to South Louisiana, you'll have your own troubles pronouncing okay. stuff. So. <laughs> Um, so we met at the Lost World Conference with Dr. Uh, John Walton that was hosted by Jeff Morton and uh, just kind of immediately clicked and Heather and I, my wife and I got to go and spend some time at your home, the monastery and um, I, I, would, I love you guys. We love you guys. You're, you're awesome and I want our audience to get to know you and know what you're doing because um, you guys are doing something that I'd never heard of. Uh, so I grew up in church, right, and then have been studying Torah for about 15 years, and I'd never heard of uh, a Torah pursuant monastery. I, that's my way. You'll explain it much better, but um, I, I, uh, I, I want to I talk about what the monastery is, kind of how you guys got here. Um, Kiva, you're, you're Irish. You guys in the audience will listen. You'll, you'll hear it as she begins to talk. Um, and so kind of tell us about your, your roots and, and how you guys came to open a, a monastery um, and, and what, that, what that looked like for you, what that journey looked like for you. 
We we always have to stop and see who's going to go first, but generally <laughs> end up being me. I'm the one with the more words. Um, so really, it starts back in um, 2010 when I was preparing to leave and go back home to Ireland to work and live in a monastery um, similar to what our monastery is. Um, and then Hashem had a different idea. Um, I had been preparing for about three years to go and take my vows and to go back home. And then he made it very clear that I was going to be married instead. <laughs> and that he had another plan in place. And yet I still had a very strong um, knowing that I was still I was going to be working in a monastery. I just didn't understand how it would work and all of that. Now, Irish patrician monasteries, that's what we are. We're an Irish patrician monastery, um, which means that we're a monastery fashioned after the types of monasteries that St. Patrick developed. Um, he really was the first to develop mona- Irish monasticism um, back when he came to Ireland. And so, um, and what he brought with him that people don't generally realize is he did not bring a Roman religion with him. What he brought was the religion of the East. He actually even refers to it in several of his writings that he brought the faith of the East back with him to the West, um, which is very clearly the faith that we now know as um first first century Judaism really um though oftentimes we look Jewish we definitely are not Jewish (laughs) um we are patrician so that means you know we keep Torah um to the best of our ability at the minute because we don't have a standing temple so um Many of the customs and things, even down to St. Patrick's um, breastlet pray. Wow, it's been a long day today. Sorry. His That's okay. breastplate prayer. See that five times fast. <laughs> you, you, you got me with monasticism. I, well, I there was, you go. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, so even in that, you can see some of the traditional Jewish prayers, right? Because um, in whenever when we go to bed at nighttime, we pray the prayers, you know, that, you know, God forgive those who have wronged me. And, and then it goes through and then it says and protect and have your angels be before us, behind us, beside us, above. Well, that is all. I mean, that's just like practically verbatim um, St. Patrick's prayers and which we know. He was not being copied because he came later. <laughs> right. So, right. Um, and so anyway, I just knew this was going to be my life. And Clint was just simply praying for a wife. Um, pretty much. He just, go ahead. But I, I had, I had, well. Don't get too much history. <laughs> no, I, I had ever gone a, um, my walk with the Lord. It's like, I, I kind of pinpointed on oh well all the law and the prophets are fulfilled in this one thing you know love god love your neighbor as yourself and you know and so it's like oh and then i discovered the character qualities and i said oh wow these are practical applications of how to love Mm -hmm. and so 
I, I really, um, Matthew 28 talks about the Great Commission, you know, going to all the world and teach all nations. And, and so that's what I felt like I was supposed to do to make disciples, so to speak, uh, teach them how to love Hashem and love other people. And then, and then we came together. Yeah, and he he was praying diligently for a wife who would help him and want to work in tandem with him in this type of um, ministry. And so um, we ended up getting married in 2010. And in 2011, we went to a conference down in Colorado. And um, he was on one side of of the room and I was on the other side of the room and it was called the expect conference. And, um, I kind of grew up in the Lord when I first came to the Lord under David Wilkerson Mm -hmm. at Times Square church in New York. And, um, and so I knew some of his people were going to be there. So I wanted to go to that anyway. And so we went and we were both in different spots in the room and they said, what is it that you can give to God right now that he can take and you can expect him to do great things with it? And right there on my knees, I said, and I've got a journal that has all this written down in it, but I said, everything I've got, my home, my, my everything, everything I have is yours. My life, my husband, everything. Um, Put it on his heart if that's what you're wanting. And at the same time, on the other side of the room, he was praying the same things. Hmm. And so we came together to share our, like, what we, and then through a couple different conversations with people that um, I was going, planning to go in to be working with at home, just different things. Um, it just was like, well, why is there, are there any, Patrician monasteries there where you're at and we're like well no it's like Kiva you know how to do this why don't you just do it and so November 2011 we opened um so yeah it's I want to talk I mean I don't want to interrupt you but the we we kind of breeze through the St. Patrick thing and for for me in South Louisiana where we have it's very, very Catholic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a certain flavor of, of Catholic. It's probably different than maybe some other parts of the country. Maybe not. I haven't traveled much in Catholicism throughout the United States, but sure. um, but we have our own special kind of brand of Catholicism. And so, uh, of course, St. Patrick is a, a, you know, a large figure in, in, in that. But, um, but to break the, to break the, the understanding of him as a Catholic saint, which, which he is, um, and to understand his true beginnings and his true background is is just a major mind shift and something that I don't think people uh, people maybe have a hard time getting their heads around. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I just want to stop and just make a point that because some people may go and wait, but Patrick's Catholic, um, and and in in fact, if I'm not correct, you know the history better than I do, but the 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 monasteries that he started more looked like yeshivot, right? When, when they mm-hmm. first began, more like mm-hmm. yeshiva uh, and more like synagogue than, than what we know today as maybe a, a typical Catholic monastery. Yes. 
and and so that's that's really fascinating. And then of course because of political and religious pressure and all these kinds of things, all of that began to be shaped and molded into a different into kind of what we know today. Is that is that close to accurate? Well, yeah, except that I will correct you to say he never was venerated by the Catholic Church. Ah. Uh, so he actually really never was made a saint. Um, but Ireland said he's our patron saint, and okay. that's who he's going to be. Okay. Um, and there were whole loads of reasons why the Catholic Church came into Ireland, um, partly because Rome was was kind of moving its way into all different areas right and um and because we had always had a history with the english you know your enemy is my friend kind of thing um and so rome was um the more acceptable right of the two right um however it wasn't until 1148 that um patrick was even even considered by the Catholic Church. Um, and um, he was actually, he when he he was taken prisoner, brought to Ireland, he fell in love with the Irish people, he fell in love with God while he was there. And then he left, went home. And then he went traveling to learn, and he went to Gaul. Mm. And where he went to Gaul was in the area where the Galatians were, mm. Right? And then he learned from those. Now, this was in, you know, 200, 260 um, time frame. You know what I mean? So this isn't that far removed from Yeshua. Not really. Right. Right? And so it's just a tiny bit later than that. The early 300s. Mm-hmm. But still. Not that far removed. And so he was learning from those who had learned from Paul. Wow. And so he learned that Eastern faith brought it back to Ireland. And he set up the, these, these um, Anamkaras. It's, it's like this place where you would go. Your Anamkara is your soulmate. And it doesn't mean a uh, husband-wife. Mm-hmm. It means person that would walk through matters of the soul with you. Wow. So your um, accountability partner, your, you know, someone who would challenge you in the faith. And he was the one who was the first one to ever set up that system of every single person who came into his monasteries were assigned an Anamkara and then discipleship began. And wow. it's just a continual, perpetual motion of discipleship. That's absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. You know, just thinking, and this is silly, and of course my history is not super great, so forgive me, but, you know, I think just every year, you know, part of this has to do with uh, with celebrations and feast days, and of course that's something that's really important to us as, you know, I call us Torah pursuant instead of Torah keeping because none of us are keeping the Torah, if we're really honest. We're, like you said earlier, we're doing our best with what we have and right. where we are, and, and, and bless Hashem that He knew who He was calling when He called us and, and the challenges we'd have to deal with, but... Um, you know, one of the, the first things that we run into is celebrations, uh, feast days, Moedim, the things that we, we call Hagim and all those. And and I think about, you know, uh, American holidays especially, you know, and, and we have St. Patrick's Day. And look what it is, modern day. Yeah. You know, look, look the celebration that it is. And how many of those people know 
that they're honoring a man who discipleshiped in in the Jewish faith, in the in the Torah of Moses, and just just how separated we are. I mean, that is just absolutely fascinating that we celebrate things we don't even know. And and if we knew if we knew what we were celebrating, the person we were celebrating, and his call and his his ministry, um, how much would that change? You know, the celebration and, and what we expect and what we do. Yeah, because you know, Patrick was a slave. Mm. He was a slave in Ireland for six years, and no love lost, right, between him and his captors, um, and yet. During that six years, Hashem prepared him to become the father of Celtic Christianity. That did not exist prior to Patrick. Okay, yeah, and so that's how we how we uh, refer to ourselves as <laughs> is Celtic Christians, um, because it's a very very different thing than Judaism because right. we're not Jewish, right? And um. It's very different from mainline Christianity in the sense that, you know, we keep, we do the kinds of things that would be done um, in Judaism. Right. And so, um, so it looks a bit different at times, but the thing is, is this man, like his whole entire life was given for the Irish people. Like, and it wasn't a place that you went to for, um, quiet right very very different to roman um Mm. uh, monasteries and that's what people forget sometimes because really the reality is and and i know you've taught on this before no matter how we might try the greek is in this that's the way it is (laughs) Right. right right and and there's a really different way to do things when you are well one when you're irish there's just a really different way to do things anyway. But then when you're talking about faith, right, we want to tick the boxes and we want to say we've got all these things accomplished and the like, and I'm doing all the things I need to do. So like, for example, um, there's multiple feast days, right, Mm -hmm. throughout our, our belief system. However, never, ever, ever, if if someone was coming and they came to the hospitium, which was the the place where a, a traveler would come, right? They would come and they would meet the abbot or the abbess and and then they would be invited to come and take a meal with us, right? To, to come in. And never, ever, ever could an abbot or an abbess say, well, I'm fasting today. Mm. No, the fast was broken for the value of hospitality. Wow. And so it's like, are you sinning now? Cause you broke the fast. Wait a minute. Or is it about lives? Is it about discipleship? Is wow. it about the opportunity to speak into someone's life? And we've had that happen multiple times where he'll, the Lord will put on him or put on me that we're doing a fast or it'll be, you know, a fast time. And that gets broken for the sake of hospitality, which is very, um, which is very Abrahamic. I mean, that's right. that's we, you know, we. Um, I, I taught uh, last two weeks ago, I guess it was on Abraham uh, Parsha Lech Lecha, and um, Moses gets a lot of play, right? 
of course, because of of the Torah and all, and and and, but yet even Judaism finds its its roots and its foundation in in Abraham. So I think that's so interesting. Um, again, kind of deconstructing. You mentioned Celtic Christianity, even, um, and I know from my southern. Uh, fundamentalist upbringing, um, you know, you guys have different signs and different, you know, like a different way of, of just doing life all together. And it was always, it was always kind of mysterious and it was always kind of like, mm, no, that's not Baptist enough for us, you know? And so kind of stay away from that stuff because there, um, okay. I guess it was a fear of, uh, of, uh, some kind of, of not, God, I can't even think of the words I want to say, but not, it wasn't real Christianity. It was some kind of dark stuff, you know, maybe mixed in there. And, and I don't know if that comes from other places or again, my history is not really on point, but, um, it, it was, it was always so, so foreign and something that we didn't really, really touch. But then to understand and to hear what you're saying about the traditions and the the foundations of Celtic Christianity is so Abrahamic. And so it brings you back to the real, true kind of the faith once delivered to the saints, yet in an Irish context, in an Irish way. And I just love uh, I just love how you how the Irish people have adapted and and yet stayed true to to their foundations. So, hey, we're coming up on the end of the first segment. And uh, so we're going to take a quick break. I hope you guys are enjoying this conversation with Clint and Kiva Dunn. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after the break. everybody. Hey, welcome back to the second segment in this episode of Image Bearers Radio, where we have very, very special guests, uh, Clint and Kiva Dunn, who are the abbot and abbess of Anamkara Patrician Monastery in Washington State. And so I really enjoyed the first segment. I hope the listeners enjoyed kind of learning about Patrick and and uh, the beginnings of uh, of Patrician Monastery and, and what his life was about. And so I want to transition in this segment and really kind of talk about present day. What is Anamkara, uh, as far as you know, your monastery, uh, and what are what kind of place and what kind of things do you do uh, as your ministry, kind of following that patrician tradition and uh, and reaching out to your community and and the things that you guys offer because I know you do a whole lot uh, there that just it really sadly it goes unnoticed and I, and I want people to know um, that there's this bright spot in you know in Washington State because we hear a lot of stuff on the news uh, and you know down here I say down here down south. And um, and so tell us a little bit about what the monastery vision is and, and what you guys do and, and what you offer. Well, like Clint said, to make disciples, that's our vision, right? And, and that passage that he mentioned was, you know, it says to go and to teach them all that Yeshua taught, right? And if you look at the Sermon on the Mount, character, it's what he taught. Right? Everywhere in scripture is character, how to be a good image bearer. Everything he taught everybody was about how to be a good image bearer. And so um, everything in this place is about character <laughs> and discipleship. Um, I will tell you when when we 
we were first we had I do have to share this one story for your listeners because they are the demographic that need to hear this. For the first couple years we were open, probably first three years, boy did we get a lot of grief from Torah whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. Yeah, Hebrew, Hebrew Messianic, yeah. yeah. Because we were still too Irish. We had not um, made the transition into being Hebrew. And <laughs> okay. um, yeah, and uh, and you know me, so I had to just bite my tongue and be <laughs> quiet for a wee while. And there were there was a wee while where I was feeling this like heavy condemnation. And then Dina and I had a conversation one day and she said, um, who decided that you'd be born Irish? Mm. And I said, oh, yeah, Hashem. And she said, yeah, so all of that is just hooey. <laughs> Gone, done. You're not a Jew, Kiva. Nowhere in yeah. scripture does it say you're to become a Jew. You're to be what Hashem made you to be so you can reach those that he brings to you. And that really was like, that opened the floodgates for me to be able to just not feel like I was somehow doing something wrong. Um, And so what we do here is we teach people about character. Um, Our programs run for three years, um, our adult program. And this is how it's been historically. Um, They come for three years. They go through the character program. um, And then hopefully by the time they are done with the character program, they're ready to move on into whatever ministry it is that Hashem has for them. So let me just clarify. So when when you say they come, you do they come and live at the monastery, yeah. or is there a come and go kind of thing? How does okay. that work? So we do have um, residential students as well as non-residential. So we have had a variety of students that were non-residential that lived in the area, and they would come for classes and the like, and then um, uh, live in their own house. And then we've had residential students who live in house and um, learn and grow, and and they're discipled. Now, over the last two years, Hashem has known, (laughs) for everybody who is really, really frustrated by this COVID stuff, don't ever, ever, ever allow yourself to get into the hole that is, oh, despair, because Mm. Hashem allows things for a reason. And one of the things we have always, always, since 2011 when we opened, we have always been uh, provided homeschool supplementation. So we teach Bible, we teach character, we teach, um, he does wood shop, metal crafting. Um, well, and the math. Yeah, well, and, and we, we pretty much, it was like, I taught because my background is in English, English education and literature and all of that. And so um, I've done that for multiple homeschool families where I took over their, you know, middle school and high school all the way through to graduation. Um, So all those kinds of things we do, he does a physical education and, you know, that kind of stuff. However, with COVID, (laughs) what has happened is there is a huge need for more support for K-12. 
And we kind of were asking the Lord, well, how come we're empty? And in the midst of all of this, we've been under construction. Um, so since 2012, when our main living quarters burnt down, the whole place has been being rebuilt. And so we've continued to do ministry um, since 2015 when we started doing the addition and everything. Um, and now this year, Hashem has brought us four students. Um, last year, we started with our granddaughter, who was no longer going to public school because of some of the things coming into our school districts. Um, and then this year, we were contacted by a family that just moved here from Michigan, and their three kids, they don't want them to have to get the job. And, you know, just a load of different mm-hmm. things. And um, Hashem has just worked it through where... He's making it clear that this is kind of a direction he's wanting us to take more and more in supporting homeschooling families in a more uh, tangible way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, certainly. And so instead of being, uh, maybe not exactly correct, but instead of people more coming and, and learning from you guys where you are, the really getting your tentacles out into the community and and being that supplementation. And, you know, I think I've, we're finding this out throughout the entire country. Really, it's happening in pockets uh, here, there, and everywhere. And I think if one thing that this whole, I'm using air quotes for folks listening, pandemic, um, not that COVID's not a real thing. It is a real thing. But we all know that it's being used for nefarious, you know, uh, motivations and, and outcomes. And so uh, I think one thing it's really uh, really revealed is that the next generation, our children, uh, are our treasure. And as the scripture says, they are our heritage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our family has been fortunate enough to be able to homeschool since our kids were young. My wife is able to stay home. She does a fantastic job, you know, educating them and, and teaching them. Um, and yet so many parents can't do that. But but a lot of times it's just because of our American priorities. I mean, it's just call it call it what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's so interesting that you guys offer a three year program that most people want like a, a six week Bible study on character or, or even a one 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 hour message right on character. And then and then they kind of got it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so three years um, is it. I guess it is a sorting kind of built into it that those folks, those people that are not serious about it kind of will go like, no, I can't handle that. But those people that really do want to invest, um, three years is a big investment. And, uh, and it's just, it's amazing that it's the real, that's the real stuff. So that it's not so some surface know, kind of stuff. Yeah. You do know that that is a model, right? That we see you shooting right. it. <laughs> right. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. That, absolutely. Right so it's there, on purpose. Yeah. It's like, you know, and and even after the three years, he said, "Now, once you're converted, <laughs> yeah. once you really get this, not going <laughs> to others, right?" And so it really is difficult. I mean, we do have people who will ask, "Can I just come for a survey to see what it's uh, like?" You know what I mean? Right. And we'll give them an introduction to character and the like. But usually after that, they're always like, "Oh, wow." There's way more to this than I realize, kind of thing. <laughs> right. And I'll tell you what, families know this to be true. There's absolutely nothing that will work your character the way living with people will. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you know, as much as it is a commitment for the students that come, um, what an incredible, I mean, I'll brag on you guys because, you know, you wouldn't do it for yourself, but what an incredible investment. When you told Hashem that you would lay your life down and your home, that's exactly what you're doing. You're, I mean, I, listen, I'm in the public all the time. When I go home, I want to be home. You know what I mean? I like, don't come, don't just drive up, don't just show up. I know, I know that's a character trait I really need to work on. So don't get on me right now. We'll, we'll talk about this in private, but I want to be home. You know what I mean? I want to be away from the noise, away from all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys are saying like, no, come, come into our home and, and let's, let's live together. And why, I mean, what, that's why I wanted to have you guys on. Cause I don't know of many people, especially, and sadly, especially in the Torah community that are doing anything like this. And, and yet going back to that kind of Abrahamic theme, this is the foundation. This is how you make disciples. You don't make disciples by meeting one hour a week together. You make disciples by living together. I want to go back on something you said earlier about, uh, because this just gets a burr under my saddle, um, about getting flack for not being Hebrew. Um, and, I just I want to kind of say I apologize on behalf of the whole <laughs> Hebraic community, um, but you know it's something that we all deal with in some sense or another. Because even in America, even if we're not from another country, we we all live different. We're Cajuns down here, which you know come from a, a French and Nova Scotian um, tradition, and it's very different than any other part of the country. But I know they're all, all around the country. There are pockets of uh, you know whether it's Asian descent or or you know. Danish or whatever it is, uh, descent where, uh, it really the, the, the truth and the power of the covenant of the gospel is not that everyone becomes Jewish, but it's that God is in every culture and, and that Hashem's kingdom is supposed to be built in, in every culture. I mean, that is the, that is the final kind of, uh, the final prophecy coming to light, right? So we, this it we need to get we need to clean our house as as messianics and as as Hebrew roots folks to realize that um, that just as as Dina said, which we interviewed Dr. Dina last week, um, just as she said, you're born where you were by Hashem's providence mm-hmm. and and His plan, and and maybe the point is not to pull you out of there and make you something that you're you're not. Maybe the point is to reveal Himself to you there. And and that's how the world becomes one, right? That's how the that's how the nations one day will stream to Jerusalem. Why? Because Hashem has opened people's eyes in, in all the nations. So I really love I really love that you're living in your you know, in, in your, your identity and, and 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 that's that's amazing. So I'm sorry, a little sidetrack, but I just it like I said, it gets my gets my ire up <laughs> how we sometimes how we abuse uh, you know identity and stuff. So um, so Clint does uh, Clint you do uh, talked about construction right in the in the the monastery and y'all had a fire and now you you guys are rebuilding still rebuilding and you're doing most of that work yourself but the vast majority of it yourself you're an amazing craftsman and, and all that so um, you do physical education as part of the program and as well as stuff like wood shop and metalworking and, and things like that how you find students responding to that more kind of hands on um, type of learning well I, I think there's there's different perspectives from the different students and, and some that's all they want to do. <laughs> right. They don't want to do the other stuff. And, and some are more, and, and I can't say this categorically, but you know, it seems like with kids, you know, it's like if you two year old, three year old, 
maybe maybe a little bit older, you give them two sticks, right? And if they're a girl, they become people that talk to each other. <laughs> right. You give them to a boy, they become a gun or a knife or a sword. You know? right. So I think there's a little bit more um, probably enjoyment for the boys, for the shop classes, and for the, you know, today we... Um, Except one was really excited, one of the girls, about getting to drive that backhoe. Yeah. So we got to drive the backhoe today. Yeah. And they're pretty excited about that. Well, I think it's so cool because, you know, as we talk about kind of what the things that COVID has revealed over the last, you know, year and a half, um, one of those things is that America is in trouble uh, economically because when I was in, in high school, I graduated in 98. Um, everything was computers, right? So the internet was invented in like, what, 94 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So they pushed everybody to go to college, 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 computers, the future, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Well, now we have a big void in the trades. And so just as a, as a way of taking back education and, and making it more home-based, more local community, family-based, because even community-based education we know how that's going, right? We, we see how that, the direction that's taking. Um, but, you know, Clint, for, for somebody like you that is so skilled and is so able and capable um, to be able to do that and teach these kids and maybe give some of these young boys and young girls um, a love for the trades that they may have, may have missed otherwise um, is we're, we're trying to rebuild, and you guys are, are a part of rebuilding the fabric of our nation. Um, you know, our nation doesn't run without welders and plumbers and carpenters and, you know, I mean, it just does it. It's just part of, of how, how it works. And so at every point, you guys are involved and invested in the just the nuts and bolts of your community. And I think that's that's really, really pretty incredible. Um, so let's talk a little bit about for folks that are not there local. Um, we'll, we'll talk about your social media stuff and, and all that later. But um, for people that are not there local. And and really maybe hear this and go, you know, I don't think much about character because let's let's be honest, character isn't taught. It really isn't taught a lot in churches. It really isn't taught a lot. We we teach the Torah a lot in you know in Messianic and Hebrew roots groups. We teach the commandments. We teach the feasts. But I don't know. I know I don't do it enough, and I don't hear it. Uh, as no, we're going to talk about who you are. And Kiva, you mentioned you know, the namesake of this uh, this program, Image Bearers Radio, uh, about being an image bearer. And we, I talked a couple weeks ago, and and people have trouble with this as kind of another shift. But you know, something I realized several years ago is that um, I, I've always prayed, you know, God make me more like you, make me make me more like Hashem, make me more like Yeshua, and and that, and yet. I think the biblical story is that God wants us to be better humans, right? He, he, he didn't create other gods. He created humans that could never really be just like him, but could show his attributes and his character and could, could be his, his representatives here in the earth. And so um, character is the main vehicle we, we get there by, mm -hmm. right? I mean, and, and that's it, how you guys teach it. Yeah, and it crosses all barriers, because like four or three of the students that we have right now are Catholics, very mm. strong Catholics. Wow. Um, and then we have um, a couple of Lutherans um, because I also do online um, with some students. 
Um, last year, I worked with a family that um, I was working with their 14-year-old doing his literature and, and character stuff. Um, and then with them also doing character. So so the reality is, is you don't, and, and we have loads of people here in town who they come to me for character because they know that's what I'm about, right? Mm. And so they're like, well, how would you get this across? And they may be an atheist. They may be agnostic. They may be, um, I know I have a couple of pagans who come and talk to me every now and then. Um, and so it really does cross all, all of those like lines where we're not supposed to cross, right? Because that's not what right. Yeshua did. He said, all right. who are thirsty, come. So whoever wants to know, come and I'll tell you. Right? And what a, yeah, what an amazing, um, you know, thing about, uh, again, I'm kind of my own baggage. I grew up Southern Baptist, very evangelical, sure. uh, very, very go out and make disciples, which for us meant get people saved, yeah. you know, yeah, generally. Right. And, and then and, and they were heavy on discipleship, but but in a in a church setting more than a one on one individual living with people type of setting. And um, what we what we really wanted to do was we wanted to turn people into a Jesus clone. And that and, really is the Roman way. The Roman way, <laughs> the Roman way said, you make a decision, you become how you're supposed to be, then you can join us. Patrick's way, the Celtic way, was, hey, come join us. Sit down, let's have fellowship, let's live together, and hopefully by the time you've lived with us for a while, you'll want to know why we're the way we are. That's a yeah, very and, and again, different way of doing yeah, absolutely. Very, you know, um, uh, Pasha Mishpatim, which I think is Exodus twenty-one, mm-hmm. um, is the. It begins with when you when you own a, a Hebrew slave, right? right? And oh, we get all flustered, and we, you know, slavery, and we get all in a knot about that. But I don't see that as slavery. Like we, that's not our baggage uh-huh. of slavery. It's you take someone in to live with you, and and they are in debt or they're whatever, and over the course of living with you six years a lot of those people decided not to leave right. because they learned a better way right. from from exactly. their quote unquote master yeah. right and that's 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 the very basis of, of 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 what you're talking about and I love you you know about crossing lines because i think everybody for for everybody for us to and you mentioned atheists and pagans and you know agnostics and whatever but for for those people and for Christians, Hebrew rooters, whatever we are, um, the the to tell people that well your your goal is to be like God, there's a disconnect there, and and even the most well intentioned believers and faithful people of God, um, myself and you guys included, there's still a little bit of a disconnect because really it's about being the the it's about being a better human, right? Um, no matter no matter what you call yourself, Baptist or Lutheran or Catholic or Pentecostal or whatever, it's about being a better a better human. And so I I love that that crosses the lines. Um, so we we've got about three minutes or so, three or four minutes. Um, is there anything that you guys would like to just share about where you see the kingdom at this moment um, in relation to our nation or the world, politics, wh- wherever? Um, take a couple minutes and just kind of share your heart before we plug your website and, and way people can get in touch with you. Well, I had someone say it to me a couple of days ago. I don't understand why God would bring us here. 
And I said, she goes, this place is just so dark and Washington state is just so awful. And I just looked at her and smiled and she's like, what? Isn't that the point? We are supposed to be a light in the dark. And I think there's too much of forgetting that we are supposed to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. I think people forget that and they get focused on what's going on in the empire and they forget that our purpose is to be a light so that then that light can spread out to the nations and we have heaven on earth. Right. Um, And that the kingdom would come quickly. If the more of us who can get this understanding of being his image bearer through his character, man, the whole world would change if people just focused on having his character. It really would very quickly. And I don't know. Um, and and that again that crosses political lines. It it's not about you know red or blue or in the middle or outside mm-hmm. or or what church sign you know what name is on the church sign you go to. Um, it's about treating each other well. And and it reminds me of that statement that you're you know so heavenly minded you're no earthly earthly good. Um, and we've just forgot about being good to people. Right. Just being good people, yeah. being good to other people. And. In a large part, that is the gospel. That is, you know, that is what we're we're supposed to do: salt and light, uh, and those things. So, in the last couple of seconds, um, tell us where we can find you guys, where people can go to get more information and connect with you all. Um, our website is anamkaraministries.org. It's a n a m c h a r a, and then the word ministries.org. Um, you can contact us. Uh, Info at animcareministries.org. Um, we are on Facebook, um, Anim Care Ministries. I'm Kiva Dunn, C-A-O-I-M-H-E. That's how you spell my name. And Clint. Um, so we are, are on Facebook. And... Great. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being with us. We love you guys and we're praying for you. Guys, reach out to them and let them know that you support them. Until next week, shalom, shalom. Shalom.